look, I'm back. Oh my goodness, we are back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you all are doing well. I am so glad that you are back. We are back for season three, episode one. Season three, episode one. Here, if you are new here, I am Jennifer Jefferson. This is Conquering Me Podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus. And I want us to make sure that we are always focusing on Jesus. Number one, to bring people into the kingdom through salvation, which is Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus says this, that he is the truth, the light, and the way. The only way to get to the Father, God himself, is through him is through Jesus Christ. So we want to make sure that we are making it plain and clear that the only way to get to God, the only way to get into heaven, it is through Jesus Christ. And then also part two of our mission here is to make sure that those of us who are in the kingdom and we are saved, that we are learning more about Jesus Christ and we are learning more about the kingdom of God. Then the Lord has this beautiful way of the more we learn more about him, the more we learn about the kingdom and we study his word and we're in prayer, God is so wonderful to where he begins to reveal our purpose and our mission here on earth. And he will strengthen us to do his will while here on earth. But the focus is, Lord, let me learn of you first, right? So this season, my prayer is that we go deeper into the word of God, that we really begin to see the mysteries of God. That is my prayer. I've been asking the Lord to really go deeper within him. Truthfully, there was a time and point where that's all that I asked for. I mean, it was maybe, I would say maybe during the pandemic, I felt like I was praying so much. The Holy Spirit was waking me up so much in the middle of the night and I was praying for a deeper depth in him. And then truthfully, lately, it's just been kind of, I don't know. I've just been in the routine of things. And I understand this is the ebbs and flows of life. Sometimes you're, you are like praying nonstop and you're in your word nonstop. And then you go through some seasons where it's like, Lord, I didn't pick up my Bible this time, this week, all of these things. And so we're grateful for God's grace and mercy. We're grateful for his love. And when we have those moments to where we're like, I have not been communicating with God. I have not been doing the things that God has called me to do. God gives us a beautiful opportunity to repent. God gives us a wonderful opportunity to say, Lord, I am sorry. Please forgive me of our ways. So repentance is not just when we come into the body of Christ. So we know that we have to repent of our sins and profess and confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. So we have to say that out loud and then believe that in our heart. We are repenting of all of our sins. But what happens when you're in Christ and you know you haven't been doing what you need to be doing or you've done something that you shouldn't have done, right? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to open up this season three about the beauty of having a repentant heart. I don't know if I, if the correct, you know, I'm good at making up some words. So repentive heart, <laughs> a repentant heart, either way, a mindset and a heart to repent, right? There's beauty behind that because the desire is not about you. Whenever the Holy Ghost awakens us and lets us know that you have done something out of the will, he convicts us or he pricks our hearts. That 
is a beautiful place to be, to be sorrowful. Because that means that you are still connected to God. What's interesting is I remember when I was in college, I went to the first year, the first year I went to University of Memphis for one year. And then I went back, came back home. And then I ended up going to Jackson State University in um, Jackson, Mississippi after that. So my first year I only spent, um, my freshman year I spent at University of Memphis. And I remember there was a group of us just like in the um, the foyer and people were talking, blah, blah, blah. And this one dude, clearly he was high. And um, we got on the conversation about God. So people, <laughs> it is interesting. It does not matter if you're drunk, high or whatever. It, look, like the old saints will say, honey, if it's in you, it's in you. So if you've been raised in it, if you've been taught about Jesus, if you know about Jesus, all these things, it just comes out of you, right? So I just remember um, I came into this, this foyer was a whole bunch of students. We were all hanging out and somehow the conversation turned into Jesus and our relationship. And I remember saying, I felt so far away from God. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing the things that I'm doing. And this dude who was high as a kite looked at me and he said, sis, you closer than God than what you even realize for you to even think like that. You are closer to God than what you realize. And I was so grateful for that moment because in that moment, this brother, now here's the thing. At this time, I was 18 years old. And my understanding of the Lord um, was through what I saw growing up in the church. So I didn't see anyone who was high or under the influence have a word that can inspire you or, or can kind of correct you, right? And so I was just, so I didn't know, but I felt, I will never forget that moment. That brother who was, under the influence, he was high as he wants to be. But in that moment, I felt God pull at me and letting me know I am still in your presence. You have not left me the way you think you have. You have not forgotten me the way you think you have, right? And sometimes we feel like because we are so far away from God or we haven't done the things that God has called us to, the enemy will allow the spirit of shame to come in and he will allow the spirit of condemnation. Remember, Jesus says that he did not come to condemn the world. So there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to make you turn towards God. To make you be repentant, to say, Lord, forgive me of my ways. I turn back to you, right? But the spirit of condemnation, which Christ did not come in, nor is that of God, it actually drives you away from God. Because the spirit of condemnation, what it does, it breathes shame. It brings guilt. Then here comes depression. Then here comes sadness. And then here comes all these things of like, well, Lord, I can never do anything right. And so we stay in this vicious cycle. But the Lord is saying, no, when conviction comes, I am asking you to, it's like the Holy Ghost is pulling at your, at your coattail saying, hey, come back towards me. Come back. 
So there is a beauty in having a repentant heart. Never be ashamed of asking the Lord for repentance. Never be ashamed of feeling like you need to, if your church does, because not all churches, they have altar calls. But if you feel like you need to go to the altar to have a, a moment with your father, you do that. And here's the truth. In some Americans, in some churches, specifically in America, if you are a leader or if you're seen as a seasoned saint, they will look at you crazy. Like, why are you going to the altar? I literally had a pastor tell me one time, Jen, don't go to the altar because people will look at you wrong because you're a leader in the church. And I'm like, for me, I needed God's touch. I needed his like presence. I didn't feel once again, this was um, by this time I was in college and some years, this was a different college, but I just felt like, Lord, I feel like I'm so far away from you. Right. So for me, I'm like, it doesn't matter how many times I'm going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. How many times I'm going to run back to him? Guess what? I'm running. I am running. And God is so gracious where he is always right there with his arms open. He is always right there with his arms open, waiting for you, just like the prodigal son. Last season, we did a series about the prodigal son. And if you have time, go back. I wish I wish I was... Um, which I had it in my notes to see specifically where it was, but we have a whole series in season two about the prodigal son. I believe it's a three or four part series. And in it, we see the heart of the father and the whole parable about the prodigal son is father is God himself, right? It doesn't matter if you left the kingdom too early or you were the son who stayed there and you didn't see the beauty about being in the kingdom. God is always right there with his arms wide open for his children to return home. Because the prodigal son was about the child who was in the kingdom. That means someone who was already saved, someone who knows God, but they went out there and want to do some things that wasn't what the king wanted. But yet he allowed some things. And then he allowed a storm, a famine to come up to bring him back. Some of the things, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you are wondering, God, why is it, why do I feel like every door is closing? Why do I feel like it's just one thing after another? Have you ever thought that maybe the Lord is trying to get your attention? This is once again, the beauty about being in his, his child. He will not allow us to be in these streets bad. He really won't. He wants us to be so close to him. So when you have that desire in your heart to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Do not allow the spirit of condemnation to come in. But you ask for repentance and you say, God, I thank you for another chance. And God, I thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge so that I can turn from this. Because some of the things that some of us are struggling with is going to be a process. We're going to have to discipline ourselves in certain areas. Maybe the process is you start therapy. I want to make this clear. I love how believers are really speaking more about getting um, their mental health in order, right? But it's just like with your physical health, it is Jesus, then your doctor. 
It is Jesus, then therapy. It is not Jesus and therapy. Absolutely not, because they're not on the same level. I understand what people are saying when I see those t-shirts. I've seen a couple of t-shirts say Jesus and therapy. There is no and with Jesus. It is Jesus, period. Then everything else falls behind. Now you could say God and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what you can say and on. And if you don't fully understand, I ask that if you are not understanding what I'm saying in that in what I just said regarding Jesus and therapy, I ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your hearts on why I said that. Because one thing that we don't want to do is allow anything to be on the same level as Christ. Now, these are wonderful tools. Therapy is a wonderful tool. Counseling, all of these, these are tools. These are resources. But if you have been listening to me for the past two seasons, you have heard me say, God is the source and everything else is a resource. Everything else is a resource at the end of the day. So when we repent and we ask God, Help me in this. And I'm going to go to this scripture in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And this for me really breaks down kind of like the, the spirit and the actions of repentance. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, and I'm going to read the King James Version. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. There is results in repenting. There are these, this is literally lays out the, the promise. So we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. When we repent, I am learning that some people are okay with the pinnacle, I guess the best way I can say it, the pinnacle of their Christian walk is the moment they met Christ, the moment they became saved, right? So it's beautiful, but what else does God have in store? What knowledge, what understanding, what promises is still trapped in the heavenly realms that have not been unleashed and manifested here in the earth, in God's timing? Because I want to make sure that we understand that when we um, when we talk about manifestation, specifically for me, I am talking about the, the fruition of the spirit of God, the thing actually coming to life. Okay, it is not us telling God when something is going to happen according to our timeline. We want to submit ourselves to the timeline of God. If we believe that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, that's what the Bible says that Jesus is. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. God is Alpha and Omega, which means that he is the beginning and the end. He is time itself and yet he is out of time. Right. He's not in our time. He is time himself. He lives in eternity. So I never and my desire is that we as believers don't get into a mindset of, Lord, I'm, I want this to come to pass in these certain days. I'm not saying you cannot have a conversation with God. But I'm saying is you have to submit even your time. And when you are expecting things to come into pass to God. Because some of us, thank you, Holy Ghost, have become very frustrated and bitter because things have not come in our time. God is so wonderful to where he even saves us from ourselves. Have you ever thought about maybe it hasn't come to pass because I'm not ready yet? 
if this blessing, if this prayer came to pass now, would I mess it up? Would I give myself the glory? Will I do this the way that Jesus desires me to do it? Anything that we obtain here on earth, it has to go back to God. Our children, our spouses, our jobs, our education, our money, all these things, it's for kingdom use. It's for his glory. So when we go back to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people, my people are the children of God, those who have accepted. Now, this one specifically is talking about in this passage of scriptures is talking about the children of Israel. And so we know that because those of us who are saved and have accepted salvation, we are now heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We have the blessings of Abraham. That's all according to scripture. So if my people, those who are saved, which are called by my name, called by the name, so children of God, shall humble themselves. What is interesting to me and what is beautiful, two things, the spirit of humility and the action of humility, it is our responsibility. Like the spirit of humility can rest upon us from the Holy Spirit to where we feel it. We know that, but to actually become humble, that is our responsibility. There are several scriptures in the Bible that every time when it mentions uh, humbling, it says, humble yourself. One scripture that's coming to mind, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It is the ability through the Holy Spirit to not look at yourself too high or not look at yourself too low. Because we don't want this false sense of humility where it's like, oh, no, I'm just no good. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. There is a, a, an ability to humble ourselves in understanding who we are and who God is, which should lead to some form of reverence and honor and respect. So if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, pray, have communication with the Lord. Whenever we repent, do we not have to go to Father first? God, forgive me. Forgive me of my actions. Forgive me that I said this. Forgive me that I didn't move on this. Forgive me that I doubted this. Whatever it is, it is communicating with your Heavenly Father and then seeking His face. Not seeking the things of God. What I mean by the things of God, the things of God, are, it could be the blessing. Let's let's say, for instance, we instantly go into. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you for that job. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to search for a new job. And then when I do it, um, I just know you're going to bless me. Hear me. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just asking us to elevate our prayer life. When we elevate our prayer life to where we are seeking the face of God, the character of God, his presence, just saying, God, I'm sorry. I just want to be with you. And then allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and guide us within our prayer. I had a wonderful conversation with two good friends of ours like a, a few months ago, and there were some instructions that the Lord gave them to tell Chris and I. And that was one of the things he was saying, um, where both of them were saying that when you pray, it is best just to get on your knees. And when you're praying, just to allow the Holy, be, be quiet for a minute and then allow the Holy Spirit to begin to drop things in your spirit. Because sometimes you can be praying about one specific thing and then 
when we become still and quiet and just allow God to take over the session, we're like, oh, this is what I need to give over to you. I thought I needed to give over to you my lack of discipline, but I need to give over to you my insecurity. It's it's so much revelations that happens in silence. So seeking the face of God is so many ways. And in in, in, if the Lord allows me in his timing, we will have a whole conversation about that, about seeking the face of God, but really to go and seek him in his presence and his character. Just to be in his. Have you ever just like seen someone? I, I love when I hear older people say this. It's just so good to see your face. They don't want anything. They just want to see your face. It brings a smile to them. It lets them know, my goodness, you are doing. It just really, it makes them know you're doing well. It makes them feel good. All of that. Just seek the face of God. How about this? Best way to seek the face of God after you repent, maybe not ask for anything. Maybe the only thing you ask for is just his continued love and guidance, which we know that he already does. So it says, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now we were talking earlier about, um, well, there's several times, and I know it's in, in one of the earlier podcasts, we've talked about things that are of God and not of God. But when we turn from our wicked ways, and sometimes there are things that we are unaware of that are wicked or some things that we don't even think that it, we're like, eh, it's not that bad, God. Is it really that bad? If it is not glorifying God, it is not, if it is not moving the kingdom of God forward, you might want to check that. You have to turn from your ways. The Bible says, lay, lay aside every weight and sin that's to easily beset you. So sometimes for us, we think about it. Well, I'm not sinning. But the question is, what weights do you have that is allowing you to stumble and fall in areas where God is calling you to soar? Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you, that so easily takes you off. It could be something that somebody says and it just triggers you and you just go off. Lay aside every weight, whatever it is that is taking you from the beauty of in of growing in him, right? But see, this comes from us saying, God, mature me and I'm willing to be matured, but I'm also willing to evaluate my walk. I remember in one of the churches where we were, and it was so interesting. The first time I saw this, um, the pastor, pa- Pastor Kevin, um, the church is Berean Christian Center, Christian Church in uh, Gwinnett County, uh, uh, Georgia. And I couldn't remember the city. That's why I'm stumbling. But either way, so when we were there, I remember the first time he made us do the whole congregation. He said, you do a Christian walk evaluation. He said, you get evaluated on your job, you get evaluated in school, you know, even your health, all these other type of things. You have your physicals, all these things. He said, but we don't have anything set up for our Christian walk. And so I don't remember all the questions, but some of the questions like, okay, have I learned a new scripture? What have I released and let go? Any new, how, uh, how often am I praying? It was things like this that made you kind of really look back and like, okay, have I even progressed in my actions? In the past six months, or am I just a faithful churchgoer? 
or do I just listen to my favorite preacher, teacher, or podcast host, whatever it is. So there's a way to where we have to be able to set aside every weight, but that comes in a place of maturity. And we have to be patient with ourselves, but also seek that, that God gives us that desire to lay aside things. Start with the thing that you know. This is part of having the beauty of having a repentant heart. Because remember, we're asking God, forgive me. God, I ask that you forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me a sin. Forgive me for holding on to this weight, holding on to this issue for too long. And then we are turning. We are turning, meaning we are going away from, we're not doing a 360, but we're doing a 180. We're going the opposite direction of where we are. And we are deciding to align with the will of God. Whatever that area is, we're saying, God, I align with you. I am getting myself back in order with you in this area. Because here's the truth. There are some areas where like, oh, I'm on point. And there's some areas where like, uh, I'm not there yet. But you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you so much. So please don't ignore. Some of the things that you've been praying for, God is saving yourself from yourself because you're not ready. You're still holding on to it when God is saying, I need you to cast it over to me. Repent, turn from it so that I can hear you and I can heal that area in your life. I love it. It says, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. What areas in your life need healing? What areas of of your life is like, there is too much lack here. I'm lacking joy. I'm lacking peace. I'm lacking. See, I don't want us to think about lacking finances because for some, yes, it's lacking finances. Maybe you're deplete, you're lacking in good health. I don't know what it is. So sometimes it's not always the enemy. It's not always the enemy just taking you through. Some of it is you are still holding on to weights. You're still holding on to things that are not what God desired for you. And he wants you to set aside that weight. He wants you to lay it down so that you can go on and do what God has called you to do. And we're going to end with that scripture because I want to make sure that we, I want us to hear it and really understand it. And really get it in our hearts. Hebrews 12 and 1. And this is what it says. And I'm reading the King James Version. Well, no, I'll read the New King James Version. So I won't trip over the this, theirs, and thous. (laughs) Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What weight do you need to let go of? What weight have you been holding on to for so long? And God is saying, if you just repent, let it go. Here's the beauty about God. He ain't holding it over us. The moment we say, God, forgive me. I held on to this anger for too long. I've held on to this for too long. 
He's saying, thank you. Give it to me. And then that's it. He's like, just turn. Do the things that I know that you can do. Find the help that you need. Read the books that you need to read. Go into prayer and meditation. And I challenge you first, all of us, go to the Bible first. Seek Christ first. And he will provide a way to every other resources. Therapy is a great resource. Exercise is a great resource. All these things are resources. But go to God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Another scripture in Proverbs says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. It is so good to be back. It is so good to speak to you all again. Once again, this is just the beginning. We're going to have a couple more episodes about the beauty of a repentive heart. And then we're going to go deeper into it about what the word of God says. And part of what I really am going to ask you all to do, I've always asked you all to pray for me, but I really do want to go deeper into the word of God and really the mysteries of God. Um And I want us to really have such this heart and hunger for Jesus and knowing that everything else is going to fall in line. Like he's legit going to guide us to the things that we need to. And I'm going to share a quick testimony that it was maybe a few weeks ago. I was becoming so overwhelmed by everything that my husband and I are doing and the Lord is sending in front of us. And I said, okay, God, I have to get this in line, that in line, blah, 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 blah. Like my brain was going a thousand miles. And my sister, she always says this to me. She always like, I pray for you so much because it just seems like your mind is going all the time. And it does. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. And I just remember listening to uh, Apostle Joshua Selman and something he said in his message that just really kind of this, this, I just felt like I was arrested by the spirit of peace. Writers realize, Jennifer, if you just seek God, he will legit be your reminder. Meaning this, if I seek God, he'll tell me, okay, now it's time for you to take care of this. Continue to seek him on what I need to do just in life. The Holy Ghost is so beautiful. Well, the Bible calls him a guide. The Holy Spirit will guide me along the way so I don't have to have everything figured out. I need to rest and lean and depend on God in my today. And he will reveal what I need to do for my tomorrow and for next week and whenever, right? So when I say that, I want us to seek and seek after God. I'm not saying that we don't have to do things in the natural. Absolutely not. We we have to do things in the natural. We have to be disciplined. We have to be organized. We have to be good stewards. We have to show up in the way that God is calling us to do. But when I say seek God, I'm like, seek God first in all things. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit when he's pricking at your heart and asking you to remove things out of your life because he's like, I need you to remove that weight so you can run a little bit faster and lighter and freer. So my prayer is that this season that we really do go deeper into the word of God and that the Lord begins to reveal some mysteries of him. 
and we learn more of Jesus Christ, where we're so excited, where others are coming into the kingdom and those of us who are already saved, we are learning, learning, learning and growing, growing, growing and moving, moving, moving. And we are getting things done for his name's sake. Please make sure you like and you subscribe. We have the uh, the website is up, conqueringme.co, conqueringme.co. The website is up. We're going to have a lot of great things. The Lord has placed some journals, some study guide journals that I am creating right now that we're going to put on there and you can purchase. There's so many things that we're working on. So your love and support means so much to us. And every time you like the podcast on whatever streaming platform you listen to, and every time that you leave a comment, it allows um, the algorithm. It helps with the algorithm so that more people are learning about this podcast. And if any of you know me, you know it is not about me. It is about the glory of God. And I'm just really believing in what God is calling me to do is to bring people into the kingdom and allow his children who are already in the kingdom to grow and realize that they were already in it. I love you all so much. And like every time we go end out in prayer for anyone who does not know Jesus Christ and you want to know him, you're like, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to give my life to Christ. I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose from my sins. God, I know that you love me. And I know that I am going to spend eternity with you because you are now my savior. If you have said that you are now saved, we are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. God is so happy that one of his children have decided to call him Abba Father. And for those of us who are in the kingdom and we are saved and we've been dealing with and struggling with some things to turn over, God, I ask that you allow the spirit of repentance to fall on us. Let us understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Let us be okay with being convicted by the Holy Spirit because you know, because that is an opportunity that you're giving us to turn from our wicked ways. You are giving us an opportunity so that we can, you can hear us clearly and heal our land. Some of us, our marriages need to be healed. Our children need to be healed. Our businesses, our bodies, whatever it is, community, churches need to be healed, but you're calling us to repent, to make you the main thing again. Not our struggles, not our issues, not the pol- not politics, not race issues, not cultural issues, but making you be the center of our lives. And God, we thank you for every time we repent, we will go with rejoicing and, and purity in our hearts. And we have our heart and our ears open so that we can hear clearly from the Holy Spirit on how to turn, when to turn and what to turn to so that we can stay on a path that you have called us to. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Look, I love you all and I will speak to you next Friday.